You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 302. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and I'm so glad you're here for this very special and a little bit different episode. I feel like a lot of times during the podcast, I'm talking about knowledge and information and you know, doing some coaching and some motivating, but it's kind of all woven in together. Today's podcast episode is one that I kind of want you to you can listen to today, but what I want you to do is kind of tuck this into your back pocket and have it be something that is at the ready when things get hard. If you've ever done a cut before, if you've ever gone through a fat loss period, you know that not every day is rainbows and sunshine. There are hard days. There are days that you likely will want to quit. There are days that it will be really hard to keep going. And my thought for this podcast episode is that on those days or on that time when you start feeling, oh gosh, this is just hard and I don't know if I want to keep going, I I want to quit. I want you to have this in your back pocket to be able to pull out this episode, to push play, and to hopefully sit back and and re-motivate yourself. Feel like I can motivate you to be able to keep going and push through to the other side. And so that's really my goal is like to have this be this inspirational, motivational episode that you can use in the moment. So again, if you're a regular listener and you listen every Tuesday when we drop an episode, go ahead and take a listen to this podcast, but slip it into that back pocket. And on that day in the future, and maybe it's not even a cut, maybe it's something else that's hard and you're just, you're in the thick of it. I want you to pull this episode out and re-listen to it. And hopefully by the end of the episode, you will be reinvigorated, you'll be re-motivated, you'll be ready to dive back into whatever you're facing that is challenging and hard. And that's the that's the goal of this podcast episode. So the way that I'm going to do this is I'm going to speak as if we were sitting down and having a lunch together and you were telling me that something that's really hard and you're like, Amber, I just need, I just need some motivation. I just need some help. And I would sit and I would you know, look at you and look at you in the eye. And these are the things that I would say to you. And that's how I want to kind of present this episode is like, we're just sitting down. We're, we're best buds. We're friends. You're going through something hard. And I'm going to be that friend who pushes you and motivates you and helps you to see the other side of whatever it is that's challenging you right now. And again, the title of this episode is listen to this when your cut gets hard. So obviously I'm going to be speaking to somebody who is cutting and kind of coming from that frame, um, from that weight loss frame. But a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about are going to be very applicable to any hard hard thing that you're going through, any season that you're going through, anything that is a struggle or that you feel like you started out with a lot of motivation and then you hit that wall. 
it's going to be applicable to a lot of those uh, situations as well. So I'm going to use the terminology of cutting. I'm going to talk about weight loss, but just, just know that, hey, this is something I can have in my back pocket for anything else that I feel like I'm going through that is hard. All right, so I have six things that I would say to you. So the first thing is I want you to remember that cutting is a choice. It is something that you are choosing to do, and it's just a season. It will not be forever. And I think this is such a powerful frame to come come from. We as humans, there there is a big difference for us as humans between chosen suffering and involuntary suffering. It is very it's very hard for us to feel like we don't have control over things and things are happening to us. And when we go through involuntary suffering and we do in this life, there are things that are hard and terrible that we do not choose that happen to us and are involuntary. And those are really, really hard. And then there are things that are really hard that are chosen, that we're choosing to do. We're choosing to put ourselves in that situation. You know, I think back of when I went through college and when I was going through getting my nursing degree. And um, some of you may know the story, but I had one more year of nursing school when my husband had already graduated college and got admitted to medical school. So I did my last year of nursing at a different school, which is crazy because if you know anything about nursing school, it is very hard to transfer because there is literally a certain number of spots that they have because of the clinical rotations and the requirements that it, that we have with um, preceptorships and things like that. There's a hard number that can be in each nursing program. And So being able to transfer nursing programs is kind of unheard of and really a miracle that I was able to do that last year of of my nursing degree. I had two more semesters left. And um, that last year was incredibly hard because I was driving 45 minutes away for classes. Plus, I was doing like overnight rotations. I was newly pregnant, (laughs) very, very sick doing these overnight rotations. And then I would sleep for a couple hours in, this is like crazy. In the backyard of one of my classmates, she had like a barn out in her backyard. I would sleep and it was freezing. It was the middle of winter time in Pennsylvania. And I would sleep for a couple, I would do my overnight shift. I would sleep for a couple hours in the freezing cold, like in my sleeping bag. And then I would get up and I would go to class and then I would drive the 45 minutes back home. I mean, it was, I look back on that time and it was miserable. However, it was a chosen suffering Like I chose to do it. It was important enough to me to get through my nursing degree, to be able to get my BSN that I chose to do that suffering and I was able to push through it. That's a very different experience of that chosen suffering versus an involuntary suffering. And you guys, cutting is always a choice. It is a choice that you are making. And you know, yeah, it is hard. And there are going to be days that it's hard, but you are choosing it. And there is something powerful that comes with reminding yourself of the fact that you are putting yourself in this situation. Yes, it is still hard, but there is a power and a control that comes from reminding yourself of you chose this. So the next question you can ask yourself is why? Why am I doing this? And if you have not spent any time discovering or investigating your why, behind putting yourself in this hard situation, I ideally recommend that you do that at the beginning or even before you start a cut. But if you haven't done that, now is the time to do that. Why are you doing this? 
Why are you putting yourself in this hard position? Like what's what's the why behind it? In Macros 101, we go through an exercise called the big why. So all my clients know that we we do this exercise at the very, very beginning. And we really dig deep because your why has to be more than just a superficial. It has to be more than just a, well, it would be nice to. Well, I would really like to. Like that's not gonna, that's not gonna cut it. That's not a big enough why to help you to push through when days get hard. And so Reminding yourself that this is a choice you are choosing to cut and then reminding yourself of why. Why are you choosing to cut? And that creates purpose behind the suffering. So kind of the same concept, but humans do much better if there is purpose behind suffering. I think about when I had my babies and there is a lot of pain that you go through in labor and delivery, and but... I'm, I was able to get through it because there was a purpose behind that pain. And you know, on the other side of that pain, you're going to get a hold of baby. And it is worth it. It's worth going through that pain. That suffering has a purpose. You know what is on the other side of that pain. And I think about it the same thing here is like, if there's a purpose, if there's a big enough why behind what you are doing, then we're able to tolerate a lot more of discomfort. We're able to tolerate a lot more pain. We're able to tolerate a lot more unsettled feelings because on the other side of it is a purpose. There's a purpose behind it. So if you don't have a purpose behind your pain, we got to figure that out because that is really important in in this whole choosing to cut and why you're choosing to do it. I also think it's a fallacy to think that because you are choosing this hard that you could then not choose something hard. Because I think a lot of times we're really, if we step back and think about it, we're really choosing between two hearts. And I'm sure you've heard this before, but it's like, choose your heart. Do you want to choose the heart of cutting or do you want to choose the heart of living in a body where you don't feel your best, where you're constantly picking at yourself or where you're constantly talking down to yourself? Like those are both hard. So it's like, which heart do you want to choose? And being really selective and intentional about that choice. Do I want to pick the heart of cutting Or do I want to pick the hard of living in the body where I feel uncomfortable or where I don't feel healthy or where my health is being impacted or where I speak negatively to myself all day long or where I don't feel comfortable in my clothes? Like those are both hard. And so I think sometimes in our brain, we're like, oh, I'm doing this hard thing and I don't really want to do it anymore. I want to do the easy thing. And I think that that's a fallacy. I think that that's not actually what we're choosing between because there's a reason you started this process. And it was likely because where you were at was also hard in its own way. And so reminding yourself of that, of you started this cut for a reason. And oftentimes it was because where you were at was hard. What was hard about it? And then being able to compare those two hearts. Do you want to choose the heart of cutting or do you want to choose the heart of where you were at before? Again, either way, it's a choice and you get to choose and be intentional about that. All right, with each of these, I kind of want to wrap up with a mantra that you can use moving forward. I think mantras are really helpful. They're short, quick things that we can, you know, write on our phone or post on our fridge or recite to ourselves that help us to remember these concepts when we're in the moment. And the mantra for this section is, I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to do this. When things get hard, when your cut feels hard, coming back to the mantra of, I am choosing to to do this. All right. Number two is the question, what's the game? So 
let me back up just a little bit uh, when I kind of describe this one. I, I often love the question that I ask clients, how can you make this more fun? Because yes, while cutting is hard, while it's a challenge, while it can not be you know fun all the time, the more fun that we can make it, the more likely you are to stick to it. I think about my kids and how you know we try to motivate our kids to do things. And especially when my kids were really young, we tried to turn everything into a game, right? Like see how fast you can clean up your room, right? Can you do it in under five minutes? I'm gonna set a timer and go. You know, and they're so much more motivated when it's a game or let's make it a race. Who can get their jammies on faster? You or me, right? Ready, go. So we know inherently with our kids, especially that it's much more motivating to play a game and make things into a game. Our kids are more likely to do it. The same thing applies to us. We don't ever grow out really of a lot of things that motivate us as kids. Sticker charts. I'm like a big sticker chart fan. We like games. And honestly, I think the thing that we like most about games is we like winning the game. And so I am a big fan of trying to make everything a game. And in a game, you have two things. You have how do you win? And then you have the rules in which you have to play in. Right, you need both of those to have a good game. If you if there's just a free for all, there's no rules, there's no structure, there's no confines that you have to work within. That's not a game. It's an, you know anarchy, it's chaos. <laughs> so we need to have rules in which we work within, and then we have to have how do you win? Those are like the two most important things when it comes to having a game. And so the problem is that a lot of you make the the way that you win the results, right? The scale is going down. I win. My measurements are going down. I win. My progress pictures are changing. I win. None of those are bad, right? I think that, of course, those are the outcomes that you want. However, on a day-to-day basis, those are terrible uh, qualifications to be able to win. And let me tell you why. So to back up a little bit, I have two kids who are in high school and they are, shockingly to me, very into history. And I say shockingly to me, I don't enjoy history. It has never been my favorite subject. I just don't gravitate towards it. It's just not something I find fun. I did it in high school. I did it in college. I don't do it for fun. I don't read and, you know, it's just history is not my thing. But I have two kids who really love history, and especially my son is really getting into history. He's been watching all of these like documentaries and things about World War II, and he just really is loving history. And the thing that uh, I've noticed as we've been watching more like war movies and things alongside of him, that in a war, there's lots and lots of battles, right? No, no war ever is just like one battle and then you win the battle and you win the war. There's lots and lots of battles. And oftentimes the side that wins the war will lose a lot of the battles. They don't win every single battle. They will win some battles, they will lose some battles, but ultimately they're able to win the war. And I think about that in our fitness journey. And I think about how oftentimes you're so focused on the current battle that if you lose that battle, so often you give up. Instead of recognizing like, it's just one battle in a much bigger war. And if you make the outcome, the winning of the game, that the scale goes down or that your measurements change or or any of those like external results, if you make those 
how you quote unquote win the game, then what happens is you lose a battle and you fall apart and you quit and you will never ever win the war if when you lose one battle, you quit. And so I I think that if we can create games that are much more winnable, that we have a lot more control over and that we can you know, continue to move forward in our journey, then it's, it's a really powerful way to be able to orient yourself. And so I, again, I said that there's two things. It's like, how do I win? And then what are the rules? And so I'm always thinking this way when I'm doing something hard. It's like, what, it, what are the rules that I'm working within? And what is the, the, how do I win it? And so this can look like something like, okay, this week, the game is that I need to get 10,000 steps on average every single day. Um, so the rules are that I can't go lower than 8,000 steps a day, and, but then I can also average it over out the week. So it's not like I have to get 10,000 steps every day, but I can average it. So that's the rules. Those are the, the rules that I'm playing with in my game. And I win the game if I average 10,000 steps a day over this week. That's the game. That's what I'm playing. And I'm playing to win, right? Because I play to win. And so now the whole week becomes about this game that I'm playing. And this is just a this is just a, a little example. Obviously, you're going to take this and apply it to your own journey. But notice how the game that I'm playing is within my control. It is not within my control if the scale responds. That's not within my control. But whether or not I get 10,000 steps on average of day, that is, that is within my control. That is a winnable game, my friends. And I'm excited to play that game. And so the whole, my whole like mindset around something that is hard is like, how can I make it into a game? How can, and how can I make it into a game that I win more often than not? And when you think in this way, it becomes more fun. You win more, which we all like winning. It's motivating for us to win. And if you keep winning at your games, you're inevitably inevitably going to be driven towards that outcome that you want. Because I do want you to lose the weight. I do want you to lose the answers. I do want your progress pictures to change. But on a day-to-day basis, if that becomes your only metric for winning or losing the game, you've already lost. Because it's, it's, you're never going to win the war if you feel like you're losing every single battle every single day. All right, so the mantra for this section is, how can I win today? How can I win today? What does winning look like today? And remember, the key here is it has to be something that is within your control. Something that you have 100% control over. You know, I want to, I win today if I hit 30 grams of fiber. That's how I win today. Or I win today if I get 120 grams of protein. Or I win today if I do five minutes of workout. It, It doesn't have to be a lot. But you need to set up the how do I win today and then execute on that. All right, number three, you have got to, got to, got to break this process down into smaller steps. If you are thinking about the eight-week cut you have to do or the 12-week or the 20-week cut that you have to do, that is just too big of a process for you to wrap your mind around and to get yourself up off the couch and to dive in to do. It's like like a marathon, right? Who wants to go out and run a marathon? It's so much easier to run a 40-yard sprint. And that's how I want you to think about this process. So the first thing that is really important, and again, you should have done this at the beginning of your cut, but if you didn't, now is the appropriate time to do it. And that is to set an end date for your cut. I always tell my clients, my macros one clients, I want you to set an end date, not an end 
weight. So this is not like I want to lose 20 pounds and I'm going to cut until I lose 20 pounds. This is I'm going to do a six week cut and my end date is whatever that date is, or I'm going to do an eight week cut and my end date is such and such. It is so important for our brains to be able to have a concept of the race that we're running because you're going to prepare and execute very differently for a 40 yard sprint versus a marathon, right? My pacing is going to be different. My preparation is going to be different. All of that is going to be different based off of the, the length of race that I'm running. And yet some, for some reason we start cuts and we just have no end date or no concept of how long this is going to be. And how are you supposed to prepare for that? How are you supposed to wrap your brain around that? It just doesn't work very well. So I really, really recommend breaking this process down into smaller steps. And I, I love Ted Lasso. Many of you maybe have watched Ted Lasso on Apple Plus. It's a fantastic show. But in there, he talks about how he wants his players to be a goldfish. And if you haven't seen the show, it is in reference to the fact that goldfish have 15-second memories. And so they very quickly forget what just happened. And I think about um, how if we can kind of be the goldfish in our journey, it can be very helpful. Meaning, I want you to think about chunks of time that are smaller. Like if you can think about how can I win, how can I be successful in this 15 second chunk of time, that is much easier for us to execute on than I have to be successful in this eight week cut. So it's like, think about it in chunks of time. Think about it as getting through today. I don't have to get through tomorrow. I don't have to think about tomorrow or next week because we get overwhelmed. We think, oh my gosh, if it's bad today, it's going to be even worse a week from now. Rather, just think about the day that you are in. How can you win this half an hour? How can you win these next 10 minutes? How can you win today, right? Just breaking it down into a smaller bit of time. And then remembering that this is this is temporary, right? This is something that is not going to last forever. I think sometimes we get into our head and again, we do this extrapolation where if it's bad today, it's going to be 10 times worse a week from now. Don't do that to yourself. This is a temporary experience. It's not going to last forever. And I really, I really like to break things down into like, how can I just make it through today? How can I get through this day that I'm in and not think about tomorrow? I'll think about tomorrow when I'm in tomorrow, but today I just need to get through today. Here's the other thing I don't want you to do. I don't want you to start doing math in your head about the rate of loss that you're having. You know exactly what I'm talking about, where you've been cutting for three weeks and let's say you've lost three pounds in the three weeks. Then you start doing math in your head and you say, well, if I've lost three pounds in three weeks and I have 50 pounds to lose, I have another year plus of work that I have to do. And now what what do we feel? well, we feel completely overwhelmed and like that's going to be forever. Don't do the math. Stop doing the math. The math doesn't actually work anyway, because just because you've lost three pounds in the last three weeks doesn't mean that's how it's always going to be. It doesn't mean that like you're, that it's going to take that long. It may take longer. It may be shorter, but doing the math usually is demotivating for a lot of people. And so I really recommend don't do the math. Don't think about where you're going to be a year from now. Think about what you're doing today. How are you going to make it through today? How are you going to finish out the day strong and focus on short sprints during your journey rather than focusing on the longer, you know, marathon of the journey. So what's the sprint that you are in now and how can you focus on And the mantra I'm going to leave you with is the mantra, this is temporary. This is temporary. 
just make it through today. This is temporary. Number four, and this is kind of related, I want you to finish today. Finish today. You can quit tomorrow, but I want you to finish today. And and to like back this up again is this idea that you should never quit on a bad day. Don't quit on a bad day. If you're going to quit, quit on a good day. Quit on a day that is going well. It, it, it is absolutely appropriate to quit. It is 100% appropriate to quit sometimes. I think quitting is great. I think we should probably quit more things more of the time. But what we shouldn't do is quit on bad days. Quit on days that we're down. We quit on days that we are up because then we can make a more logical, rational, well-thought-out decision rather than an emotional, reactive decision, which is what most people do is they have a bad day and they react emotionally to that bad day and they just quit. Don't do it. Don't quit on a bad day. Finish today and remind yourself, you can quit tomorrow. You can quit the next day. You can quit the next day after that, but you're going to make it through today and then reevaluate again tomorrow. And your mantra for this is, I don't quit on bad days. I don't quit on bad days. I am allowed to quit, but I don't quit on bad days. Number five is to take a moment and look at how far you've come. We as humans all have a negativity bias. It is a very well-documented psychological phenomenon that we slant towards the negativity. In, In other words, something that's very positive will have less of an impact on us than something that is, you know, equally emotional, but in the negative direction. Like we put more stock in the negativity and it makes sense because it comes from an evolutionary standpoint. If we slant towards the negative bias, if we slant towards being more cautious or being more fearful, it helps keep us alive. We don't do, you know, we don't, we think negatively about the neighboring tribe and that keeps us safe from getting killed by the neighboring tribe or by the lion that is out to get us. So it makes sense from an evolutionary standpoint why we have evolved to have a slant towards the negative. It keeps us safer, but it also really keeps us from growth because growth tends to happen when we put ourselves outside of our comfort zone. And um, so I see this a lot with clients who very much slant towards a negativity bias. Nothing's happening. It's not working. The results aren't going. It's not worth it. Like that bias is very prevalent with a lot of my clients. And again, it's a normal human phenomenon, but we need to be able to address it. We need to be able to recognize it and we need to be able to do something about it. I was just talking to a client today about this idea of progress dysmorphia. And it's this idea that progress is often happening. And yet for some reason we can't see it, right? It's like we have this filter on over our eyes that even though the progress is happening, we don't see it. We don't spot it. And, you know, sometimes it's because we're looking at the wrong data. And I talk about this a lot inside of Macros 101 of what data should we be pulling? What data should we be looking at? How are we analyzing this data so that we're actually looking at the right things to figure out if progress is happening? But some of it is also just not broadening our scope and understanding of what progress can look like and what change looks like and, um, you know, what ch- um, transformation is looks like. So we have this progress dysmorphia where it's really hard sometimes for us to see that. It's one of the reasons why having a, you know, neutral third party or a coach can be really beneficial because a lot of times I have clients who will submit their data points to me and from their perspective, they're like, it's not working. 
I don't see progress, nothing's happening. And I look at their stuff and I'm able to, from a more rational, less emotional standpoint, uh, you know, a neutral, it's not my body, so it's more of a neutral experience for me. I'm able to say, hey, but look at this and look at this. And if we take this data point into account, we can start to see a more clear picture that progress is actually happening. And they really couldn't see it because of those like progress dysmorphia glasses. So having a third party, a neutral third party like a coach can be very beneficial um, with seeing things a little bit more clearly and not having that filter over our eyes. If you find that that tends to be your MO, that you have a hard time seeing the things that are going well, that you tend to feel like progress isn't happening, the results aren't happening, the question that I want you to ask yourself is, what progress am I making? What progress am I making? And if your response is nothing, no progress, y'all, you got some really dark progress dysmorphia glasses on. And so I need you to ask that question again until you can find something. Because the truth is, is there is some progress that is being made. It may feel small. It may feel insignificant. But if you have been doing this for a while, there is some progress that has been made. It could be in your mindset. It can be how you're speaking to yourself. It could be in small choices that you are making that you wouldn't have made in the past. It doesn't have to be big, but you have made some progress. And if you are telling me, no, Amber, I haven't made any progress at all, not at all, I can tell you that you have progress dysmorphia glasses on and we got to get those off. And one of the ways that we can help to start to remove them, start to, to take that filter off your eyes is to figure out at least one place that you have made progress. It starts to help you see things a little clearly. This is not about being Pollyanna. This is not about trying to trick yourself and thinking, I'm doing great. I'm, it's amazing. Everything's going great. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we got to at least start to take that, those glasses off a little bit and see at least one thing that is going well, because I guarantee you there's always at least one silver lining. There's always at least one thing that we can find that is productive, that is positive, that is moving in the right direction. And if we can start with that, we are going to make better decisions moving forward about adjustments we need to make or tweaks we need to make to our plan, because we're making it from a foundation of like, at least it's working a little bit. Yes, I may need to change things. Yes, I may need to adjust my macros. Yes, I need to, may need to adjust my workouts. I'm not saying adjustments may not need to be made, but when we can make those adjustments from a, this is, is working a little bit, and I would like more, or and I would like to you know, ha- create some, some bigger change, that is a very different conversation in your head versus this isn't working at all. My body's broken. I can't do this. This sucks. This is stupid. Like it's it's a very different position to have that conversation with yourself. So, if you feel like you aren't making any progress, things aren't happening, you're not being successful, the question I want you to ask is what progress am I making? And you got to find at least one thing. And from that, then we can we can build on top of that. This is also where I I do recommend go back and look at your beginning progress pictures. It kills me the number of people who like take beginning progress pictures and then never look at them again. Go back and look at your beginning progress pictures. Go back and I I like to, in Macros 101, we do a voice recording at the beginning of the program so that you can compare your mindset to, you know, where you are now to where you were before. Go back and take your measurements. Go back and look at how consistent you've been hitting your macros this week versus the first week that you started. There are, like, you have made progress. You have made progress. And 
And at this point where you feel low or it feels hard or you feel if like you don't want to go, like if you don't know if you want to keep going forward, turning around and looking back and seeing how far you come can be very motivated, motivating. I think of it like when um, I actually had this experience just recently over the summer, we were going hiking with some friends and I, we were going up this pretty steep place. And I would just remember like, I would like had my eyes down looking at the ground. Cause I was like trying to navigate all these rocks and this terrain and making sure I didn't fall. And um, I, I just had this realization that I was spending a lot of time looking at my feet and I was like, I'm like on this hike and all I'm seeing is my feet and the trail instead of the beautiful things that are surrounding me. And so I remember picking my head up and and even like turning around and looking out and seeing the vista, seeing how far up we had climbed. And yeah, we still had further to go to the top, but even just taking that moment, stopping and looking back and seeing, okay, I am making progress. I am, you know, getting closer to the, the, the peak of this mountain. I'm not there yet, but I've come a long way. And I think we need to do that more in our journey is looking at how far we've come, the changes that have happened. Yeah, maybe you haven't lost 10 pounds, but are you speaking more kindly to yourself? Are you eating more fiber than you used to eat? Are you hitting your numbers more consistently? Are you, um, you know, including more uh, whole foods into your diet. Like there is likely progress that has been made the you today versus the you a week, three weeks, five weeks, 10 weeks ago. And really celebrating that, like celebrating the progress that you have made. And that can really help to reinvigorate you and remind yourself that the effort you have put in has produced a result. Maybe it's not the exact result you wanted, and that, I mean, I get that that can be feel disappointing, but it doesn't mean that it's not working. It doesn't mean that it's not doing anything. It doesn't mean that your effort is being wasted. In one of my favorite books, Atomic Habits by James Clear, he talks about this idea of potential energy. And he talks about how if you take a ice cube and you put it in a 29 degree room, you know, it's just going to sit there. Nothing's going to happen. It's going to remain an ice cube. Now, if you turn up the dial from 29 to 30 degrees, again, it will appear like nothing's happened. You, you did something, but it appears like nothing, it didn't do anything. And then if you turn it up to 31 degrees, again, you, you did something, you put in effort, but there's no visible change. And then you turn it up to 32, same thing. But when you turn it up to 33 degrees, now you are going to start seeing that ice cubes start to melt. And it wasn't that, you know, turning it from 29 to 30 to 31 to 32, like you were putting in effort, you were doing something, something was changing, but it, all of that change was being stored in potential. And it was once you hit that tipping point that that potential started to actually create visible change. And I see that happen a lot of times with our physical fitness and our journey is that we feel like those first, those first little bits of effort or even you know, more than the first little bits of effort. We feel like we're putting in all this effort and it's not creating a result. And we mistakenly think that it's, it's just being wasted, right? That that energy that we're putting in is just being wasted. And why would I want to put this energy in and if it's not going to make any change? But I want you to think about the ice cube and I want you to think about how that energy is never wasted. That energy is put in as potential energy and it may, it may take some building up. It may take a trigger point. It may take a tipping point to where you're actually able to see that physically and your ability to be able to keep going during that period of time. 
when you're raising the temperature from 29 to 30 to 31 to 32 to finally, boom, 33, where you actually start to see the change, your ability to be able to tolerate that time period is equivalent to your ability to be able to be successful. The people who are the most successful are the people who don't need a direct, you know, I do this and then I get XYZ result. The more you can be willing to put in the effort, realizing that effort is never wasted, and be patient with the process, the more likely you are to be able to keep going and thus see the results that you want to see. And to close, the mantra for this section is, I am making progress. I am making progress. This is working. That's one of my favorite ones. This is working. This is working. All right. And the sixth and final recommendation that I have for you is to rest rather than quit. I think it is totally appropriate on a long marathon to take a rest. Uh, In fact, I have run one marathon in my entire life and I was doing really well on my marathon up until mile 20. And I had in my mind that one of my goals was to run the whole entire marathon. Like that was one of my goals. I had a goal to get under 430 for my first marathon and to run the entire time. I actually didn't hit hit either of those goals. I finished in like 431 and I definitely walked during the marathon. So uh, I didn't hit either of those goals and that's okay. I'm still pretty darn proud of accomplishing the marathon. But during the marathon, I remember hitting mile 20. And if you've ever run a long race or read about running long races, people talk about the monkey jumping on your back. It's like when you hit the wall where your glycogen storages are depleted and your body just like hits this wall of like, it's really hard to keep going when you don't have glucose or energy to be able to keep going. And it can feel like this monkey has just jumped on your back and everything is much harder. And I remember around mile 20, I hit the wall and I was like, I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I can keep doing the six miles. And I, in the back of my head, I had that goal of, I wanted to run the entire marathon. And I realized that that wasn't, that wasn't going to be something that I was going to be able to do. And so instead of quitting, instead of throwing in the towel, instead of just like walking off the race course, what did I do? I started to walk. I took a rest. (laughs) I, you know, kept moving forward, but I reduced the amount of energy that I was expending. I took a break. I recovered. I rejuvenated myself. Actually, this is when my dad, my sister, and my husband, who were, um, they were like driving along the race route and then they would like cheer for me and then they'd drive to the next stop and then they'd cheer for me. Luckily, they um, were there when I kind of hit the wall and they hopped on the course with me and kind of walked with me and then got me, got me running again. And, um, you know, I was able to finish. I was able to go the last six miles of the race and I crossed the finish line and I finished. But the moral of that is, is that I didn't quit just because I wasn't able to keep the pace that I had kept before. I didn't just throw up my hands and say, oh, I'm, I didn't, I'm not going to finish this race running the entire time. I might as well not finish the race at all. I said, I need a break. I need to rest. I need to recover. I need to rejuvenate a little bit. And so I changed up what I was doing, allowed myself to do that. And then I was able to dive back in. And I think this can be such a valuable experience for us. Um, if when you're in your, when you're in it, like when you're in it and you're struggling and it's hard and you kind of want to quit rather than quitting, try taking a break. So what can this look like? 
This can look like maybe taking a day where you don't track, taking like an, an off day um, and just taking a day off, right? <laughs> taking a day off of tracking. This can look like, hey, I'm taking, you know, maybe a couple of days off where I'm, in, instead of I'm just going to still track because I think that that's helpful and valuable for me, but I'm going to be eating at more of a maintenance level, right? I'm taking a couple of days off of being in a deficit. Maybe it needs to be a whole week. Um, maybe you need to implement refeeds where you have, you know, one or two days a week where you're eating higher calories so that you're able to, you know, go, you know, three days of lower calories, and then you're able to look forward to that one day of refeed where you're eating more at a maintenance level. Uh, And then, you know, go three more days and then have another day at a maintenance level. Maybe maybe a refeed day would be really helpful in helping you to maintain, um, you know, keep going in the race, right? Slow down maybe, take a little bit of a break, but not quit and not stop. Maybe this is time to do a reverse diet and to get your calories up and to eat at maintenance so that you can then do a subsequent cut and and have the energy for that next cut. There are a lot of ways that we can rest rather than quit. And when you're in it, I think that this is a really good way to continue on in your journey, keep making progress, but maybe at a slower rate or maybe slow things down or maybe take a break. Maybe you have an untracked meal. Things like this can be, these are strategies that can be used as ways to, again, not quit, but just recover, take a rest, (laughs) you know, keep making progress, but change it up a little bit. And sometimes that's all you need is as an ability to change it up. I think sometimes we get into a rut. Sometimes we get into, um, you know, not wanting to keep going with the same thing that we've been doing. And I think doing things like refeeds or untracked meals or, um, you know, days that we don't track, things like that can be used as strategies to keep us going. Now, what I want you to be careful of is the difference between um, falling into reactivity versus a strategy. Not like falling apart and not tracking and eating whatever you want is very different than being intentional and saying, today I am not tracking because I'm giving myself a break. Like one is proactive and thought ahead and intentional, and one is reactive and a loss of control and falling apart. So it is; those are very different experiences. And where I want you to stay is in the, in the proactive of, I'm going to be intentional and I'm going to do an untracked meal out. That's my plan. That's what I'm executing. Again, that's very different than you going out and being like, I'm going to track this. And then you don't because you have all these excuses and you don't know how to track it. And then so you just don't track. Like those are very different experiences. And so when I'm talking about resting rather than quitting, I'm talking about being intentional about this. And I think this loops in with the like, don't quit on a bad day. It's like, don't make decisions about this on a, on a bad day, right? Don't decide I'm going to have an untracked meal tonight because it's a bad day and I'm just like going to do it. Rather say, hey, Friday is going to be my untracked meal, right? It's, I'm planning for it. I'm intentional about it. I'm you know, setting it up. And that also helps because now you're looking forward to something. And I think having things that we can look forward to in our journey is also another kind of side tip that can be really helpful in helping you to continue to keep going is like, what are you looking forward to in, in your journey? And it can't only be the results, friends. It cannot only be the results. Is that the only thing that you are getting out of your cut is results? And that's the only thing that is good about it. You're never going to stick with it. So having those things to like look forward to, whether it's a, you know, treat at the end of your day or whether it's an untracked meal that you're having at the end of the week or, you know, whether it's just 
I love to do sticker charts so or like checking off things, whether it allows you to check off your goals for the week. Those types of things are really important to be able to, to um, incentivize your brain to want to keep going. All right, so the mantra for this section is rest rather than quit. All right, how are you feeling? Are you feeling a little bit more motivated? I give you six different ways to kind of approach this, to, to give you some motivation, to give you some things to consider about how to keep going in this journey. And maybe one of them was helpful. Maybe a couple of them are helpful. Maybe all of them are helpful. But my hope is that at least one of the things that I said is something that you can latch onto, is something that you can remember. And my hope is that these mantras that I've given are quick ways for you to remind yourself of these concepts. So just as a little bit of a recap, Number one was, remember, cutting is a choice. It is a season, and it will not last forever. And the mantra is, I am choosing this. Number two is the question, what's the game? How can we make it fun? How can I win today? And that's the mantra. How can I win today? Number three, I want you to break this process down into smaller steps. Just get through today. You're not thinking about the whole length of the cut. It's just about how can I get through the next 15 seconds, the next you know 30 minutes, the next hour, the next three hours, the next day, like breaking it down. And the mantra is, this is temporary. Number four, finish out today. You can quit tomorrow. You can quit tomorrow, but you're going to finish out today. And the mantra is, I don't quit on bad days. Number five is to look at how far you've come and to really look for what progress you are making because you are making some progress. And if you can't figure it out, you can't find it. We got to figure out how to get those negativity goggles off so that you, because you are making progress. I guarantee it. If you are putting in effort, there is progress being made and you got to find it. So the mantra is I am making progress or this is working. And number six is if you need to, Choose to rest rather than to quit. Take a break. Add a refeed. Take an untracked meal. Be proactive about this, right? Not reactive, proactive. Use it as a strategy. But the mantra is rest, don't quit. All right. How are you feeling? Are you feeling like maybe I can do this? Because it's no, there's no maybe in front of that sentence. You can do this. You got this. You can keep going. You can do hard things. And even more than that, hard things shape you. Hard things mold you. Hard things grow you. And I am of the opinion that our whole purpose here in this world is to grow, is to grow ourselves, is to help other people grow. And that growth becomes the focus. How can we grow? How can we assist other people in their in their progression, in their growth. And hard things are hard for a reason because they stimulate growth. And it's kind of, it's kind of like you can't have one, or, uh, one without the other. Like you can't say, I want to grow. I want transformation. I want to change, but I don't want anything hard. I don't want anything uncomfortable. You can't do it. It's like saying, I want to go surfing, but I don't want to get wet. They don't go like those things go together. You want growth, you want transformation, you want to change. It's going to require hard things. It's going to require you to push through when times get tough. And that's where you're at right now. And that's normal. Cuts can be hard. 
It, it, it brings up emotions. It brings up hard things. It's hard. I get it. And you can do hard things. You can keep going. You got this. I hope this has been helpful. I hope you're feeling reinvigorated and re-energized and ready to go out and tackle the rest of your day and tackle the rest of your cut because you can do it. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.